0: No, c'est ce que je disais, vous le vois, c'est batté, c'est de la blague. Après tout,
1: tout est beau. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. The time has come. Catherine Bigelow!
2: This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful
3: optimist and ruin my whole life.
2: Spoil! I remember quite clearly, it was 1946 and I was four years old. My mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Babel, Alejandro González Iñárritu. I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. (laughs) Al film italiano, Deserto Rosso, di Michelangelo.
1: It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them and most women at one time or another have done it so you do the math.
2: Three artists in the presentation of the Palm
1: Dorm. Adele, Lea and Abdel, 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 We won! Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh. Oh, I did not know that.
4: It's podcast 82, believe it or not, uh, filmotomy.com. So we're close, closing in on that 100. Um, I don't know what we're going to do yet for the big 100. Um, probably take the week off. <laughs> <laughs> Just go straight to 101. <laughs> um, uh, so joining me today, I've got, there's obviously the, there's five us today. Bianca's got the, the day off because she hasn't seen her boyfriend for about three months because she's written, like, so many reviews and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Newcomer Casey's here, so hello, Casey.
1: Hello.
4: <laughs> Semi-regular Max is also joining us. Hello. Uh, his second time on the show is Adam. Hi And you might also remember Doug.
2: <laughs> Back for some more scandals.
4: Of course. I mean, <laughs>
2: this Couldn't miss it. Couldn't yeah. miss
4: it. Yeah, so we'll be talking Hollywood scandals, so I really, uh, we're going to just start, go around and sort of put our scandals on the table, so to speak. Say your prayers, Muggs. Uh, let's start with Max. Um, what have you picked for today?
3: Okay, so uh, my scandal is actually about our line of work, that is to say, film criticism. So has anyone here heard about David Manning?
0: The name rings a bell, I'll but I'm probably thinking...
4: Thing. Yeah. yeah. Bell okay, bell. well,
3: uh, the reason you might have heard of him is the scandal part. He doesn't actually exist.
4: Right. Oh.
1: <laughs>
3: That's so <I'm> say
1: Exciting.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm thinking of Bernard Manning. Very different, Manning.
4: <laughs> yeah, He's very different, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have be in England, you won't get that. <laughs> <laughs> like so what's this, what's the scandal then, Max?
3: Yeah, so basically this uh, goes ba- dates back to uh, July 2000, and um, David Manning was supposedly a film critic for the Ridgefield Press, which is an actual uh, weekly publication in Connecticut. And uh, he gave positive reviews to a bunch of Sony movies, including uh, Hollow Man and The Animal, which is this really bad uh, Rob Schneider comedy. And he was basically like the only one who gave it a positive review, which was one thing that tipped people off to the fact that he might not be real. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened was uh, there was another Sony-related scandal at the time in that they supposedly used employees to pose as moviegoers for TV spots praising uh, The Patriot, which was another movie Manning had loved. (sighs) And basically they started looking into this whole thing and it turned out that uh, well, they called the Ridgefield Press and they said yeah, we don't have anyone named David Manning on our staff. Sony admitted to it and they had to refund a bunch of people who had watched five or six Sony movies based solely on David Manning's recommendation.
1: It's very specific, like, just the five people that oh, will give you your money back.
0: It's <laughs> just yeah, so the, the genesis of many Amazon reviews, surely.
4: Yeah, probably. And IMDb voting as well, probably. Uh, there's a lot of David Manning's, I think, that... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Voting, yeah.
3: And uh, this one always strikes me as funny, because nowadays when you hear about people going, oh yeah, this critic is bribed by Disney or Warner Brothers yeah. or Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. guys, if they could figure out that Sony was doing this in 2000 when the internet <laughs> was in it, it was <laughs> social media, how do you think Disney could get away with it
1: now? Yeah. This may come as a shock to you, but there are some men who don't end every sentence with a proposition.
0: So what, this predates the old um, withholding a movie's release so that you know the thing they do now where they don't get it pre-released to journalists so that bad reviews mm.
3: can't come out yeah yeah i think uh, yeah i mean they they were already doing it back then like i remember i think underworld wasn't shown to critics and that was like 2003 right and that was sony
0: okay so that that sony are really setting the benchmark for ways to not have critics
1: yeah well
3: i, I think like the 90% of the not shown to critics movies i've heard of were sony releases like the resident evils and the underworlds and stuff like that wow
4: yeah
3: that's really interesting no <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not being
0: facetious that <laughs> genuinely
4: yeah i'm just gonna unfollow him actually on twitter now david manning i'm not having this <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough followers thanks <laughs> oh, brilliant. No, but yeah, they think
3: even I, went as far as having—they uh, used the machine to simulate David Manning's voice for an interview.
2: Oh, oh my god! god. Wow! Bravo
3: it's treasure.
1: like uh, <laughs> and so this guy was, kind of
3: was good, man. This is <laughs> interviewed by none other than Harry Shearer, aka
1: Mr. Burns. Oh
4: wow! god. <laughs> 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 <Smithings>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Smithers, release the critic. Release <laughs> <laughs> the review, for five-step review. That would be a great parody
0: account, though, on Twitter. Just yeah. someone that's just David Mannings that just gives positive <laughs> reviews
4: to all of the shit films. everything. Yeah, like Green Book and things like that. uh <laughs> <Hello>? Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Well, that's good, that's not depressing at all, that's a really good start, so you've got us laughing, you've got us all rethinking our careers as critics, <laughs> we have all real, absolutely, I can guarantee it, excellent, um, good start, uh, Adam, have you got something funny for us?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, how much do you like wank jokes?
4: Because
0: um, <laughs> I've got a whole page of notes here on Pee Wee Herman, so... <laughs> I'm assuming I can say the word wank yeah
4: yeah, I can translate um, (laughs) that into
0: yeah 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 tugging whatever it is in America I don't know Um, I mean it's it's the same act it's the same act it's a different word Um, so (laughs) the the Pee Wee Herman thing has always sort of fascinated me because it's kind of a scandal that shouldn't be a scandal like grown man has wank yeah. You know, b- you know, big deal. But because of the kind of environment America has created, and also because of the fact that obviously he was a children's TV star, so and 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 incredibly creepy, might I add. The the, 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 the <laughs> Paul Rubens, Paul Rubens is a fantastic actor, a very very funny guy. But but Pee Wee Herman is is. I mean, come on, he's creepy. Let's face it. I mean, if, if Jimmy Savile was that creepy, he'd have got caught a lot quicker, um, or been caught at all. Um, so, so yeah, it's just it just like he, he gets arrested. For anyone that doesn't know the story, Pee Wee Herman, nineteen ninety-one, he's in an adult cinema, so XXX films. He's there for a triple bill, which I f- find funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: that's commitment i mean yeah the stamina i should have seen the
4: size of the box of dishes the other way oh yeah I was gonna
0: say, he, he got caught going in with three liters of lube uh, And
3: peanut butter that's weird <laughs> so, i'm here for the triple bill thank you very much yeah. <laughs> so I, I
0: don't really un- like it, i mean it, it shouldn't have been a scandal but it is a scandal i mean i understand like any editor any newspaper because back this is pre-internet right so it wasn't like he could do it in the safety of his own home or he probably could but he just fancied a day out um
4: took too long to load <laughs> that wasn't a point yeah. just yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> too, long, up, too long to uh, offload uh,
0: yeah, anyway. yeah 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 uh I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how you guys feel about it, but, I mean, I, I, I just find it like it's an adult theatre. He's an adult. He's in there doing what, let's mm-hmm. be honest, that theatre is set up to provide. It's a bit like arresting someone for eating a burger in Burger King. Like, you know, this is this is what this is here for. Why are you going in an, anyway? Well, the so that's a separate... In
4: Burger King, you get a bag, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should give you a bag as you go. It like a bag, sir. Sanitary, yeah, yeah, yeah. i good. I'm just, I'm just here for the story.
0: No, maybe, maybe that's why they used to give out the masks of the Burger King. Maybe that's what you need in a way. <laughs> yeah. So that nobody knows who you are. Yeah,
1: he wouldn't have been caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, this is what's funny, right? So if you've, you've all seen pictures of Pee Wee Herman, and when I was doing the. The research, like just sort of googling it and stuff. Have you seen his arrest picture?
4: No, I
0: haven't. Mm. He couldn't look anything less like Paul Rubens. Like he looks like Charles Manson minus the swastika. (laughs) I mean, which is an interesting disguise when your name's Ruben. Um, (laughs) Like I just, just, wow, yeah.
1: (laughs) You
0: know. Anyway, anyway. So I'm I'm throwing it out to the group, just to see if you'll find it as ridiculous
2: as I do, really.
3: You can't just wish and hope for something to come true.
2: You have to make it happen. Well, yeah, because it's not like when Hugh Grant was caught, because he was obviously in a car, so that was in a public place, and that's obviously well against the law. This is going to an adult venue to do an adult thing. So... Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's kind of like well, what was he really doing wrong? Like, yeah, it is a bit creepy not to do it at home, but that's that's what those venues are set up for, and that's entirely their purpose. So, it feels like someone maybe spotted him going in and wanted to create some drama and so reported it to the police rather than he wasn't no, no, actually have, doing they have, anything.
0: They have vice cops in America. Uh, vice cops. So their their yeah. job is to literally. Uh, bust people doing shit that that they've created a world this is what's, what's so it's like mm. this paradoxic thing that like you know they've got an environment where they've said right we're gonna um, we're gonna sell you pornography but we're also gonna send people around to catch you masturbating to it <laughs> and, and, and when you do we're gonna dance around like moral victors like yeah, you know? yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
0: so yeah that's why I, I mean that's kind of why I find it uh, we, I mean, don't get me wrong, if I was a local uh, journalist and I, you know, had just stumbled across child, massive child star caught wanking in the theatre, that's that's going on the front page. Like, that's the only reason it's a story, is because of who he was.
4: Yeah. And that's
0: what I find funny yeah. about a lot of Hollywood scandals. This is only a scandal because it involved someone from Hollywood, not because yeah. of what they actually did.
1: Like early 90s clickbait, basically.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, well the final Douglas is... it wasn't it? <laughs> well the funny thing
3: is he was arrested a second time in 2002 Oh really? No. Pee Herman? Yeah, for well this was more serious. It was uh there were allegations of child porn. Mm. Turns out he had a copy of Roblo's sex take.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh. oh.
2: oh.
4: <laughs> that, that is bad. <laughs>
0: yeah so that, that's another one that popped up when I was doing the thing and I was like how is this not a bigger thing guy mm. records is like R oh, Kelly
2: yeah. yeah he managed to move past that scandal very well
0: yeah oh, well, yeah. it's, it's think, no uh, wonder he moved from politics to acting though the
3: big deal wasn't so much the the act itself because the girl was legal in that state it was the video itself that was illegal
0: not the act. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay.
1: All right. Bit of a loophole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. I, 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 yeah. yeah. As I think Pee Wee Herman demonstrates, try try keeping a, a tab on American law when it comes to what you do <laughs> with your body. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Anyway, sorry. That, what that
1: you was, do yeah. or who you do.
0: Precisely. <laughs> <yeah.
2: laughs> well, I'm sure it's a thing because he probably thought, like, I'm – not doing anything wrong i'm doing what i'm supposed to do in this place why am i being arrested but you know that, that that's that's just the way it is
0: yeah yeah think... but why but why why do those places exist mm. If people know you can get arrested for going <laughs> to them.
4: yeah it's <laughs> like a lap dance isn't it you you can you get you can get aroused but you can't
0: touch
4: yeah, yeah you, can't, yeah, you yeah. can't
0: touch yourself <laughs> sorry i wouldn't do that i really wouldn't
4: I've just found the picture on it, I've just looked on my phone now, yeah. I think the yeah, Charles Manson. He um, does, doesn't he? Yeah.
0: He's got, he's, he's gone full Manson on that.
4: It's really, yeah, He sort of waited for his hair to grow and his beard, and then he was like, wait, I'm going to go into a theatre and I'm going have a wank. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> <I'm sick laughs> that's his, what I I'm thought.
0: I'm this I, I thought he was looking in the mirror going, nearly long enough to go out for a wank. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> and then Puber hit and he was like, yep. <clears throat> wow brilliant Um, Doug I'm going to ask you as well do you have anything funny for us Uh,
2: unfortunately I don't (laughs) Uh. it's a massive downer involving two suicides so you know (laughs) well we have to bounce out a little bit yeah (laughs) So mine, uh, I, I, I obviously know Jean Harlow, but I wasn't particularly aware of this story sort of surrounding a bit of a scandal that happened with her her marriage. Um, so I'm sure everyone knows Jean Harlow. She was kind of a blonde, blonde shell um, in the 1930s, and she became very famous after she was in Howard Hughes' Hell's Angels. Um, and it's, it was around this time that she met an MGM executive named Paul Byrne, who was 40 years old um, and originally from Germany. And, you know, n- most people couldn't understand why they kind of had a relationship, but clearly she was in it because he had a lot of connections in the industry, and um, after they became romantically involved he actually um, begged uh, uh, Irving Thalberg, who was the production head of MGM, to sign her. Um, and he was actually quite reluctant because at the time MGM's brand was much more elegant, and they're leading ladies weren't quite as, uh, I guess, floozy-esque as uh, Harlow was, so he he actually didn't want to, but uh, e- eventually they did sign her and she became an MGM star, and after joining MGM on April 20th, uh, Harlow and Byrne married, um, but just two months later, on September 5th, uh, he was found dead of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head,
3: I don't
2: think that's funny. Uh, Now, she wasn't home at the time of his apparent suicide. She had slept the night at her mother's house. Uh, But the body was discovered by the uh, housekeeper staff. And strangely enough, the first call they made wasn't to the police, but they called MGM. And, of course, they sent over some people, some some fixes, as it were, to kind of comb through the scene. And they didn't call the police for two hours after the body was discovered, which is obviously a little bit strange. Um, And when the police did arrive, they found a sort of cryptic suicide note, which read, "'Dearest dear, unfortunately this is the only way to make good the frightful wrong I have done to you and to wipe out my abject humiliation.' You understand that last night was only a comedy. I love you, Paul. So that doesn't really give much away as to why he did it. And uh, there were some statements from people that knew him that said, you know, he never would have considered suicide. And he was at the top of his career and it didn't quite make sense. So uh, the police sort of did some digging into his background and found that he was actually still married to another woman named Dorothy Millette who uh he was living in new york city at the time and Byrne was actually paying her way he was taking care of her um they had met in toronto and moved to new york but then she had some sort of mental breakdown and went into a sanitarium and that was when he up and left and moved to los angeles to become a film executive and he but he continued to sort of pay and support his wife back in new york So he didn't actually divorce her when he married Jean Harlow. So their marriage was actually sort of null and void because he was already married. Um, Now, this is where it gets a little interesting because the day after his death, she checked out of a hotel in San Francisco, uh, his original wife, and she booked a a room on a riverboat. Uh, At 2.30 a.m. in the morning, a passenger saw her crying and gazing into the water and two hours later, a security guard on the on the boat found uh, her coat and shoes on the deck, but she was nowhere to be found. Uh, when the boat docked the next day, she obviously didn't disembark. And about two weeks later, her body was found in the Sacramento River.
4: You know, people seldom go to the trouble of scratching the surface of things to find the inner truth.
2: So I guess the kind of theory was potentially that she had killed... Her husband, in a state of guilt, then decided to kill herself, but um, the timeline doesn't quite make that all possible, because she would have had to then uh, kill him in Beverly Hills, drive all the way back to San Francisco, check out of the hotel and get on the boat... uh, but before her suicide, she had learned that he had changed his will to make Jean Harlow the sole beneficiary. So that meant she was completely penniless. She had no one to support her anymore. So pot- potentially she killed herself for that reason because she, you know, she had no money. But then there's also the the aspect that MGM got to the crime scene before. So did they clear something up? Was Jean Harlow involved? Had she potentially, you know, left her mother's house without her mother noticing and killed him, uh, burn himself because... Her career was obviously taking off, and she didn't need a forty-year-old German man by her side anymore because she'd sort of taken charge of her own career. But um, after, after, like, the police did end up ruling it a, uh, his death a suicide. Um, and MGM were worried about bad, so they organised a quick marriage for her just a few uh, eight months later. She married a cinematographer called Hal Ronson, and. I think, as we all know, then she she ended up dying at the age of 26. Just a few years later, she fell ill while she was filming a movie, and she died of kidney failure. Um, but by all accounts, to her dying day, she never spoke about Paul Byrne. She never spoke about his death. She never spoke about his suicide. And when she was buried, she was buried in her own grave. She wasn't buried with her ex-husband or anything. So there's some strange things around that. That you know, two people could kill themselves in such close timelines and that you know she was sort of in the the area the ex well, the, well not the ex-wife but the original wife and yeah it was just something because I think people talk about Jean Harlow and obviously her image and all that kind of stuff but I I had never heard this story before and I thought it was very interesting
3: you're tearing me apart
0: it's like a murder mystery isn't it Straight I up. know it <laughs> well. yeah
2: I'm surprised it's never been made into a film or it's never, you know, popped up in something somewhere because it's it's very, very mysterious. it's the the suicide note doesn't really make sense. Um, you know, he, reading out how his friends and people that knew him really well were just like, you know, he wasn't depressed. He wasn't suicidal. this just it just didn't make sense. Um, yeah. And then knowing that MGM had got to the crime scene, before, two hours before the police like that's that's alarming because it's like you know what did they remove what did they add what did they do which to protect gene it, Harlow?
0: it's interesting you say about mgm because i don't know if um and sorry i realize i'm on the film what podcast but i don't know if any of you listen to the the dark side of podcast which is like fairly new and that the first series is on hollywood and mm. let's just say mgm do not come out of that smelling of roses. No. No, they come coming
4: from
0: no. another, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of stuff about them covering up scenes. so that's really, mm. uh, like what you've said's really interesting.
2: I think it's like the fact that the housekeepers knew to call them before the police. It's kind of like, what did they first discover to be like, we need to call MGM before we call the police? Because obviously something was there that even they were alarmed by that they knew better than to call the police first so it's 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 kind of, it's it's fascinating because it, it, there had to be something there that they 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 tampered with or they changed because obviously their uh, you know goal in mind was we have to protect our star at all costs including you know affecting a crime scene like it's just it's crazy to think of what they may have actually done
0: yeah, yeah and I, and i think um again only going on what I've learned from that other podcast um they are kind of complicit in a lot of that going on for a long period of time.
4: Mm, mm.
0: You know, always protect the star. I mean, come on, like, look, the Kevin Spacey thing. <laughs> everybody, like, one of my friends is, is a uh, an agent, like an acting agent, and she's like, you know, she casts people in UK-based commercials, and she was like, look, I don't even deal with famous people, and everybody I know has known for a long time not yeah. to be around Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that that was being covered up somewhere do you know what i mean harvey weinstein yeah. people yeah. were yeah. making open seth 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 Macfarlane was making open jokes about it um, yeah somebody's covering that shit up
1: don't be such an old fool we couldn't have an episode about scandals without those names coming up <laughs> like yeah. it was just it was only yeah. a matter of time
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Mm. Again, going back. Sorry to go back to my thing, but the Pee Wee Herman thing. Like in the age of Me Too, you think he was he wasn't harming anyone.
2: Mm, mm, yeah. By you know like, like, yeah to what like, other people were doing at the time. Yeah. Mm,
0: yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, but yeah. so yeah. Uh,
1: I,
2: just, I think we we think that yeah, it, things like this don't happen anymore. But quite clearly, they very much do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say before, like, there's a couple of red flags for me in this story. The first is that her alibi is a family member, and the second Mm. is, like, yeah, the whole covering up and covering up for a star. Like, that makes me think that maybe she was involved, and they were like, oh, it's too much of a scandal, and then they made it seem as though it was the ex-wife. Like, that, to me, yeah. those are a couple of, like, red flags to me from this. Like, as soon as you're, like, oh, her mum's her alibi, I was, like, if I was to do something, it would be my mum that I would ask for an alibi. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's, as soon as you're, like, mum, yeah. I was, like, oh, yeah. Good <laughs> spot. Yeah, I've just, just found the original suicide
4: note. It does say call MGM first, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough wait an hour <laughs> wait an hour then goodbye That's it. I, don't <laughs> joke about that, but... I want
3: you not to go too far i'm just beginning
2: and i think especially because then afterwards mgm arranged this quickie marriage for her to take the publicity away from the death that was like they they were still involved even after the death of trying to make this story go away like oh she's moved on and she's happily married now again you know like And that that marriage lasted eight months, but it was probably eight months of good publicity that everyone forgot about the fact that, you know, the last husband died in suspicious circumstances. So, it's... But, you know, like, that's not what Gene Harlow is remembered for. So, you know, they covered it up very well, so much so that, you know, people don't talk about that when they talk about Gene Harlow. Yeah. They did their
4: jobs. Yeah.
1: Hollywood,
4: it's always stories. It's always... You can see the Hollywood personified, as people just sticking their fingers in their ears and going, la-la-la, la you know, like, oh, Harvey Weinstein's just gone to Rome 6, la-la-la, la to it. he's got a young girl with it, no, he's paid for his room I don't care. Goodness me. Right. Um, so, we're going to close with some kind of oscar scandals, which is, kind of represents Hollywood, I think. um, Casey, do you want to talk about, what was it, 2016?
1: Yeah, 2016. See, the reason that this one kind of sticks out to me is I think it was the first time that I ever properly watched the Oscars live. Um, Like, for years before that, I'd kind of just, like, tracked it online. But this one, I was like, you know, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch it. And so it just sticks out in my mind as something that, uh, was crazy, and that's of course the whole like uh, La La Land moonlight um, kerfuffle, uh, not so <laughs> kerfuffle. Uh, not so much even just that that happened, but also more the dialogue afterwards, and sort of what side that shows of people because there were there were a lot of arguments either side about that discussion. Um, as they generally are with Oscar wins and losses. And it kind of, I felt like it opened up a big, maybe it was just because it was the first one that I felt relatively involved in, but I felt like it opened up just like a massive can of worms about people and how snarky they can be about their Oscar favourites and um, how they feel about that. Like there was a lot of discourse about La La Land versus Moonlight and whether uh, it had not been an accident whether it had been some kind of like sneaky ploy, because obviously um, there are some sort of like racial divides between the two movies, and um, yeah, I guess that was that was a big one. And I know you have another Oscar story as well.
4: Yeah, um, just just on that as well. That before even before the yeah. Oscars, the the La La Land. I think when it came out festivals, and it was like everybody was like that. This is this is it, this is the best picture, you know, Mm. and and it's that classic, which I'm going to go on to with my pick in a minute, but the classic, it peaked too soon, Um, (laughs) but then people, it came, all the, the, we're talking about critics, the critics saw it, and they reviewed it, and they were like, oh, this is, I remember they were just lavishing it, It it's the best film I've ever seen, Uh, Mm. and then,
1: Mm. yeah, I'm not
4: going to say real people, but (laughs) we we started to see it, the ones that don't get to see the, the festivals, and straight away and, and it was like it was okay you know it wasn't yeah and i'm a big you know Umbrellas of sherbog fan so i appreciate that kind of but it it, it didn't blow me away and i think the hype kind of mm. killed it for the, the regular people also it killed itself but obviously twitter and i mean we have the same every year now the oscars it's yeah oh you oh you, it's a backlash against la la land it's a backlash well it's really not because i just don't I mean, I, Moonlight is, for me, is, is a good film as well. It wasn't yeah. my favourite, but it was like, if you don't think Melon has five stars, there's there's something wrong. I mean, we still do that now. I'm nobody's fool, least of all yours.
1: And I think you also brought up another point before. There's something that I've been thinking about in particular this year, and its I like to call it festival fever. And it's like basically when you see a movie at festivals and because you're in such a big room of people who have specifically tried to go there for that reason, see that film there's just a certain there's a certain atmosphere in the room and everyone is very excited and then as soon as you sort of leave that room or the film leaves that room and it goes to everybody else they're a bit like oh, you know whatever um like that was a bit with us uh yeah us earlier this year for me I kind of saw it and was a bit like oh it's all right but, yeah, there is definitely that whole, like, aspect of there's the good camp and the bad camp. And it's, like, if you picked La La Land over Moonlight, then you're a horrible person. Um, and then, you know, and it's just, yeah, and then that, they, it's just a massive thing. I feel like Twitter in particular is just, like, a massive snowball. And it just, mm. like, gets worse and worse. And it's, yeah, Um you and, it's
2: ha- and it's happening every year now like it was the same when it was three billboards against get out or and shape of water it was like if you were Sorry. if you were backing three billboards you were a racist because it has a race a racist character in it and you know yeah. get out was the, the more racially aware movie and so it was like how dare you suggest something like that win best picture and I think Twitter creates some great conversations sometimes and it also creates some horrible conversations the majority of the time. And when you get in that Oscar bubble and then you get in the smaller bubble of the Oscar Twitter bubble, it's just it's such a toxic place sometimes. And La La Land was definitely evident in that because it was just like, oh, how how could you possibly suggest this, you know, frivolous musical could win Best Picture? in a in a year when there's and a quote unquote important movie like moonlight um and and it just became that like backlash like and I'm not surprised that it couldn't overcome it because, as Robin said, like it peaked far too soon. Um, particularly like when it won, I think, seven of seven Golden Globes, including original uh, best screenplay, which even me as a La La Land fan was like, that does not have a good screenplay. <laughs> How dare you suggest that's the best screenplay of the year. Um, yeah. And from then on, it was just like, we have to tear this movie down at all costs. And, I mean, that's, that's the Oscar game now. It's whatever comes out of the gate first, we'll never be able to maintain that strength the entire season.
4: And that, yeah. last month, that, that last month of the season, sort of, mm. with kind of like when voting, called, the nominations come out. That if that's sort of the middle of that month, that so much happens in that month, it's unfathomable. Uh, yeah. I'd love to write about it. I just don't think you can because you ask anyone in Hollywood, anyone in the world, and they'll give you a different angle. And it's almost like mm. you cannot get behind a film anymore as a fan. You mentioned that year with three billboards. I, I was acing Dunkirk. I was but Dunkirk, yeah, you know, a film to win. But that is better than yeah. everything, even The Shape of Water. But people were like, were saying, like, no, it didn't get it. didn't get sag. It, it's <laughs> it's not a very good screenplay. Uh, but it's like the best fucking film of the year. Um, mm. And it, it, it's it's a film that the Academy loved, and they did love it. But yeah, th- that that kind of attitude gets back to voters. You know, they're not gonna vote for that type of film. But even for that, that logical choice. I was like, I wasn't weird, but uh, every time I was like, oh, that, no, don't be silly. I wrote a piece of the screenplay and I got laughed at, you know. It's like, <laughs> well, any, anything's possible, but you can't yeah. get out of film now. So I think it's best just to keep quiet.
1: I don't care who's right or who's wrong. I think that, I mean, there are like so many different angles to it because like obviously you said before, Twitter does bring up a lot of good points and mm. I have to think, Twitter for being in my life for showing me those good points but then at the same time I feel like it just makes everyone quite bitter towards each other and then I mean in particular like critics because we all want to think that we that we all that we know what the best picture is sort of thing but it does you know come down to do, votes. do we do we <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I've been wrong for four
2: years so <laughs> No, but I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean
0: surely the, the beauty of film, right, is in the subjectivity of it. Exactly. So yeah. trying yeah. to predict what other people's subjectivity will be is, is stupid. Yes, I understand exactly. that the, 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 the Academy, in terms of people that are uh, selected to review, may have a certain slant and a bias, or whatever you want to call it. But in terms of, like, us as critics... I just think there's no there's no point in trying to second guess anyone else. You can admit mm-hmm. that you were swayed by public opinion on something. Like there's been films that I've gone to see that I've expected to love because everybody's told me it's gonna be great that I haven't. And there's been films the other way around, if you know what I mean. So when it comes to the 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 Oscars, I used to get really hyped for them. And I've just kind of lost that because I've realised that asking me to get involved in other people's opinions <laughs> you're you're always going to be let down uh and you know mm. if, if you yeah. think right for example la la land three billboards was the best film of that year that's what's important yeah
1: exactly yeah yeah,
4: yeah. Mm. i know last year well, i'll just touch on last year real quick um one of our writers called annually he wrote like the best piece i've re- read all year which was the preferential ballet broke it down said Mm. this is my green book will win i thought oh come on but when i read it i was like as much as i (laughs) i I can see (laughs) i wish i'd written that but it was nothing to do with bias it was nothing to do with race how silly the writing was or you know how there were better films that year it was nothing to do with any of that apparently apparently everyone got angry but because we we were mocking it some people are saying what a load of nonsense. It was completely mm. void of bias. And it just said, well, this is what's going to happen. When that is eliminated, this, if you know the preferential ballot, you know, this, these mm. mm. will vote for that. These will, you know, the favorite films like that have got a certain audience, but eventually it comes down yeah. to the universal, which was Green Book, you know, and it, yeah. that's why it won them. as much as i oh, I not <laughs> that. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put the link up, but on the logic hand, his writing... I was, was going like to say, send absolute. us
0: the link and put it in the notes or something. It was absolutely...
4: And it, if you don't know the preferential ballot, you will after this. But it is quite yeah. simple. It's just... It's a, it's a bit of a long stretch, but it you can see why Green Book won. To beat Roma, you know. Hey, haven't you learned that silly tune yet? You're playing over and over again.
3: Now, stop it, stop it!
4: But similarly, I'm going to go back to 2005. <laughs> I mean, if that had been today... It, <sighs> It would have been even worse. And I'm going to say <laughs> first, I don't think Crash is the worst Best Picture winner. I think its reputation is because of... it beat. Mountain be. is probably the best film that never won Best Picture. And I've said mm. this before, but I sometimes think Brokeback Mountain won. In my head, really off in my head, you know, when I'm sat, <laughs> sat counting instead of counting sheep, I try and list the p- best picture winners from 1928. Um, I *Brought Back Mountain* it feels like it won even now. Mm.
2: Um,
4: for those that don't know, what basically happened—it's similar to the La, La Land* thing in a way—is that *Brought Mountain* came out. Uh, it was absolute classic old Hollywood romance, uh, and that was kind of like that's gonna win. But the, the, there was a, a I'm going to this in quotes, a problem in that it was um, <laughs> two men were from the love story. Um, so there's this film that was like, up there, it's going to win the Oscars, it started winning everything. Um, but Crash is the film that eventually won Best Picture, which it, you've not heard gasps. Like, like you've heard when this film won. I mean, it was a late come out, came to the party late, which is really good for Oscars. If you come late, you, you, you're in with a good shout. If you peak early, you, you're eventually going to be in trouble. And what happened with Black Mountain was before I even come onto the the publicity and the homophobia, is it kind of hid a little bit, you know. And, but then a strange thing happened. Um, Lionsgate, that I think distributed, crash. I'd already spent, like, quite a couple of million dollars on promoting this film. I think it was on DVD, um, We released it. Screening's got Academy votes to watch it. The Screen Actors Guild, they sent a lot of DVDs to them. I think it was, like, over 100,000. And the key here is the actors, you know, the actors win you Academy Awards because they're the biggest branch in the Academy. And uh, This is an actor's film, you know, there's an ensemble. An actors vote so it wasn't academy voters that got this, but it was a lot of effect it won the screen actors guild best ensemble and all of a sudden it was like oh we know this film and it was it was just basically they shoved it in your face and i think it was so sort of fresh uh, there's a couple of great scenes in it i've um, mentioned before the crash rescue when Matt dylan pl- pulls tend newton out the car and the scene when you think a kid is shot I think the two magnificent scenes, and when I watched it, I was like, oh, and I think that that's the sort of thing that won the best picture, that fresh, you see that, you forgot about Brokeback Mountain, you saw it a few months ago, oh, but these two scenes and, and that music, and, you know, I've got the DVD and they've sent me it, oh, that's lovely. Uh, you know, and it's, I think it came late, um, so Lionsgate was, but the biggest thing I think we're going to talk about is the homophobia in Hollywood certain actors, big actors. Yeah. These these are guys that have been in big films, you know, Oscar-winning films. I think we're like, you're tarnishing the Western, uh, gay gay cinema, we haven't got time for that. Not in the (laughs) heads, but it was like that. And I don't think they're the reason it didn't (laughs) win, but I think what you've got to take into consideration... It helped. Yeah, the generation of, of... the Academy members, we were talking about old white guys last year, and people were like, no, it's nothing to do with old white guys My like Green Book would. But you got to look and think, What's it, 15 years, 14 years ago, mm. 70-year-old Academy members, you know, are you pro-gay marriage? Do you want to vote for a gay film? Oh, no, I won't say they're homophobic, but they're not going to vote for Broadback Mountain, are they? The, you know, they're going to vote for a film that's kind of political, about awareness not done very well but that doesn't matter because you've just seen it and it kind of knocks you off your socks as it did me when i saw crash i was like whoa but a week later i was like hang on
0: and the last thing i, I, see, I spent the whole way through that film going what yeah <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> so wait let me get this right it's bad to be racist i mean peep show some that up in about five seconds like i i just no I never got crash.
4: Yeah cuz some of the scenes is mean, it, cringy.
2: Well that's the thing like they just hot like the whole movie is just people talking about race and racism and but that's all it is like that's this this constant narrative plot through it and then you know they try to weave in the story of an ensemble cast of characters that happen to be in the same places at the same time over and over again which you know Paul Haggis cannot do races. that yes yeah or or they're talking about race or they're like commenting about it or like something racist happens and it's just that's what made academy voters feel good because it's like okay we're going to ignore the gay form but we're going with the one that's tackling (laughs) racism yeah so we can feel better about (laughs) ourselves by
4: asking them to choose which you're more okay with (laughs) exactly exactly it's like an idiot's guide wasn't it It it's like an idiot's guide to how to be racist how not to be racist and be aware of both sides of the fence Ooh, clever
3: I never
2: signed any such contract. Because it (laughs) provided them that alternative of like, well, this one is groundbreaking for a different reason, even though it's not, but we're going to try and sell it like, we went with the groundbreaking choice this year, and it's like, no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, what's what's the point in a film that makes you feel like everybody's racist? Some people aren't.
4: No, and it's, it's every single plot point, every single thing that happens is involved with race like she doesn't like her house cleaner uh, but she cuddles at the end uh she the the guys are <laughs> yeah you know, the guys the guys obviously
2: but like, she cuddles her
4: the guy yeah well, she's, she's also it's okay. she learned
2: she a lesson she learned a lesson <laughs> yeah. she uh, changed guy, she's not racist art. anymore you know, that's so what's called a
4: character, kind of, <laughs> a character arc but there's the a don't there's a bit with don't you says to don't you uh, do fucking black people uh, and don't goes, like what did you say But to me, that's like (laughs) John go reading the scripts and going to Paul Haggis, what the fuck you say? (laughs) But then he he, he insults Mexicans with a girl he's sleeping with, about them parking the cars on the lawns and things like that. And it's like, you know, don't be racist against me, but I'm going to be racist against somebody else, and we're going to mix it up a bit. And it was like that all the way through.
0: Yeah, it was like pay it forward. Just,
3: just... Just pay the racism on somewhere else. You'll be fine.
4: Oh, but yeah. Yeah, but
3: uh, speaking of how the Academy votes, I remember reading this article. This was around the time of uh, uh, No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood, so 2008 Oscars. And uh, they asked an Academy member how it was going to turn out, and this guy said, well, we don't actually vote for the movie we like best. We vote for the one whose ending we hate the least.
1: (laughs) <laughs>
4: mm. Mm. I think there are a lot of voters as well that would openly like they did with Twelve Years a Slave said I'm I'm not watching I'm not I'm not going to watch it I'm not going to bother watching it you know uh, and instead of watch the Crash DVD that had been sent to them by Lionsgate you know it's that kind of that buzz that momentum you know not going to watch a film I mean Twelve Years a Slave did win in the end but I mean it was it was a strange one i think it's the biggest kind of upset you because know, burkeback kind of had it
0: but well, what, what conclusion can you draw from so these two oscars stories that you've both given us that were really you know like interesting things about how the oscars work and about the bias and all that kind of stuff but what does it teach us about the oscars like
4: the the a re- I mean, it doesn't paint yeah. a picture, it's just
2: like... The reason it's weird, yeah. I, I think, and the biggest thing is it's kind of like, at the end of the day, best picture, it's irrelevant. Like... As, as much, And I say that as someone who talks incessantly about the Oscars, who writes yes. about the Oscars, who podcasts about the Oscars, and yet even I'm like, they are completely irrelevant at the end of the day. Because as you said, whatever your best picture of the year is your best picture of the year. It's it's lovely when your best picture of the year matches the Academies, yeah. but in the 90-something years, I could probably say less than half, I would agree, they picked the best film of the year. So, you know, it could be worse for all the song and dance that's made about them, at the end of the day, it's a popularity contest, it's yeah. a snapshot of the time, It's a, it, it doesn't necessarily in, indicate quality, yeah. that's for sure.
0: Yeah. But I think yeah, it, I mean, yeah, to an extent, but I think popular, popularity contest nail, nails it on the head, to be honest, for me. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I was going to say that, I mean, probably for me, yeah, the lesson is is that it is a bit of a snapshot of the time. Like, over time, it you know, it gets more diverse. The people voting for films gets more diverse and we're sort of moving in that direction. But it is interesting to sort of look back at ti- in time and say, oh, this happened at that Oscars and probably why, because they want a film um, about homosexuality to win or because they wanted to do this. It's kind of interesting to look back like that as well.
4: I don't think it was yeah. delicious for the most part. I just think they were like, I'm not really, you know, if I asked my, they weren't dad, ready. If I asked, you know, they'd be like, oh no, no that's not true, men. It doesn't mean it. It's just where it's come from, but still, yeah, he needs to open yeah. his eyes a bit, obviously. But,
2: but I mean, it, it shows I mean, that they 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 have progressed because it's like. Brokeback Mountain had to lose so that Moonlight could win, you know, 10, 12 years later, whatever it was. So it shows that yeah. they certainly yeah. have progressed, and then they give it to Green Book, and they go backwards. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. last
4: year was a massive, yeah.
3: yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Lee said, every time my movie competes, it loses to a film about a guy driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um,
3: Although I mean the crash thing, it's kinda hilarious looking back if you watch the clip of the actual moment when they announced the best picture winner.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Jack
3: Nicholson thought Brokeback Mountain was gonna win, so he goes, and the Oscar goes to Crash?
4: I'm just kinda shrugged.
2: That sums it up. It was like, yep. <laughs> Even he wasn't expecting that. It's weird. But I just, the I, I remember yeah. this, uh, a, a couple of years ago, Paul Haggis was doing an interview and was asked about it. And he, he, this is a <laughs> from him. He said, was it the best film of the year in terms of Crash? I don't think so. So, so that's the writer, director, producer of the film admitting <laughs> it wasn't the best film of the year. So if that doesn't <laughs> sum it all up. I think <laughs> the
3: academy admitted to it a few years ago. They did that yeah. thing about would you change your mind about something? Yeah. There were a few where the, uh, like one of them was, yeah, we would probably give it to Brokeback Mountain now.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh,
1: hindsight is
4: twenty-twenty. <laughs> <Yeah>. I've actually <laughs> yeah. interviewed yeah. Paul Haggis as well. I interviewed him about three years ago for uh, he, was, he did a he did a show for the Emmys with uh, oscar isaac i can't remember what it's called now show me a hero so i got to interview him for that but i asked him about <laughs> i asked him about the oscars at the end because i was like oh, i have to ask him it's that or scientology so i asked him <laughs> um, basically like basically he said like these bullshit theories about hollywood being homophobic you know half the people in hollywood are gay look at broadway and, and started being all these weird examples so i <laughs> said to him like oh so you think it was nonsense then the homophobic you know, and he just was like, yeah, it's, it's nonsense. Uh, but then he wrote me an email after to the publicist to send to me, to sort of say, like backtrack a bit, like oh, I've done, I've walked the streets for gay rights before and I've done this, and it's like saying oh. I- I'm not a racist because I have a black friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. like yeah. that, so yeah. it's... a bit of respect for him.
1: The time to make up your mind about people.
4: There's never it's just very strange and it, it's strange to see what would happen last year like the, the green book thing has kind of taken as we thought that wouldn't happen now but mm. I, mm. I don't know if the like the twitter thing would would help or not because i do not believe like the, the those big people the, the gold derby people they now influence academy voters now so when they're doing this predictions put your predictions in it's almost like telling the academy those, they're so accessible now. Yeah. What, you know what what to vote for. So they're not really predicting the saying. Yeah, yeah. we to vote for this. It's, it,
0: it's yeah. interesting you so say. I wonder. Do Do you think or do you guys think that sort of Twitter and I mean by Twitter I mean us, the the masses, not like uh, yeah. You know Ryan Reynolds Twitter or Jennifer Lawrence whoever's Twitter. Um, does it affect? The, the Oscars, does it, you know, do, do people look at that? Are they influenced by it? Because, you know, we all know that you, when everybody tells you you've got to like something, you feel a pressure to like it, otherwise mm. people will think you're an idiot. Or, you know, yeah, I, I don't like Dr. Love, And I know that everybody thinks I'm an idiot for not liking it. But I think that there's a lot of other people that don't really like it that say that they do because they know that I I think
4: it's a little bit like you, you look out your window and, and, and a bike goes by. And then it goes by again it goes by again you sort of if you see the bike enough times you know and I think twitter's like that I think a lot of people <laughs> speak about it and they'll go to a party or they'll post on a website and then voters, us oh I to this voter and, oh do, what did they say oh they loved green book oh well that's gonna win and the, it's word of mouth as well and I think twitter plays a massive part in that yeah yeah was, this
1: wasn't yeah.
4: so much twitter
3: but uh one of the things crash had in its favor it got the major celebrity endorsement
4: at the time which was oprah oh yeah Mm. yeah she was
1: like yeah a a black woman yes yeah i Uh, I mean i was gonna say before that i think i mean so last year's oscars was a bit of a bit of a confusion you know with all the things like you know we're not going to show half of the awards and then we're going to do this we're going to do that and it all just kind of seemed to just be a bit of nonsense. And I think Twitter sort of, like, confused that. And in, like, a lot of ways. Like, I remember one particular tweet. It was, like, films in the past have been made without sound, without um, colour, all those sorts of things. But there's never been a film without editing and cinematography. And so I think, like, things, like, pop out of, the, out of the woodworks. But in general, I think Twitter just confuses things. Like... There's so much noise.
4: <laughs> well, that I'll cut that all the, what was it, vote, uh, show all 24, that hashtag, yeah. you know, uh, Amanda Spears sort of created it, but it was, that reflects, I think, the, the consensus of people we don't see that not on Twitter is that the, the, the last year was just like, no, we're not going to show that. Uh, uh, oh, bang our jumps on Twitter. Okay, okay, we will. Uh, we're not going to do all 24 categories. Oh, hashtag. Oh, okay we will. and it was the action was so quick yeah was, and the, and the Kevin Harding wall. as well yeah yeah, think, yeah and it's like literally we are telling them what to do
1: but i mean that's the thing is that people go to twitter to just send a voice out into the void and like generally those like the people all, who, who all agree with one particular perspective tend to find each other and then you know they discuss in that or whatever but in the end i think a lot of people will just send out a tweet not think about it and then there's just so much volume and it, yeah, it just gets ridiculous. Well, the
4: writer of one all well, the writers, sent out a tweet, didn't he, that it was offensive. And also the director apparently got his willy out on set. But, that, apparently that's... What, of Book? Yeah, bit
0: thrilling. Was it Funny funny Out or, like, you know, I Me don't, Too
4: Out? You'll have to ask Ben Stiller, because I'm assuming that was the film. <laughs> I, don't, I don't
0: know, honestly. <laughs> But I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like I've, I've played for enough rugby teams where you know, getting your willy out. There's nothing wrong with that. Even when it's in. Uh, in fact, it's even better when it's in. You know the wrong place. But it's the environment within. You know the culture within the environment that you do it. Yeah. Like if I was to do it down the pub on a date, yeah, weird. But if everybody there's doing stuff that's weird. We're all experimenting. Anyway, that's, yeah. I, I, I just think that you, you can spin anything, <laughs> any, anywhere you are. I'm not saying it's okay just to get your dick out. <laughs>
4: uh,
0: I'm, just saying, I'm just saying there needs to be a bit of perspective on it. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, he got his willy out. Well, that's fairly, you know, that's a broad thing. Like, we all have to get our willy out when we have a willy. It just matters when, where, and the,
4: and the circumstances.
0: I'm
2: sure I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about.
4: Yeah, and the, you asked Spike Lee. I'm sure Spike Lee said Willie really out plenty of times. But the <laughs> fact is, the context of the film, green book, and the screenplay, and what it won, uh, it just felt like a, a bit of a joke, really, and very interesting. Well, <laughs> thank you for joining the Oscar podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, we like like it my final appearance. It. I might, I might. Uh, <laughs> I'll <laughs> cut your bits apart from the the wanking bit. <laughs> I'll probably put Eddie where he said we all get our willies out the Pee Wee Herman and I think that <laughs> I think that go quite well. a together. like, like empathise with you you know oh you got arrested but we all get our willies out from time to time <laughs> Ooh, that's true it all depends on the context there's <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> nothing <gonna, laughs> wrong with a willie <laughs> uh, I'm going to cl- end it there I think but uh, thank you to everybody um, if we could just go around the room quickly and tell us where we can find you on your websites and whatever you want to promote. We'll start with Casey. Uh,
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty much everywhere. I have a YouTube channel, which is where I do my reviews for movies, and that is youtube.com slash Casey Causley, and I am the same on Twitter as well.
4: Fantastic. Uh, Max?
3: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. The handle is imdborg, and uh, you can find my reviews sometimes in English on uh, culturewhisper.com.
0: Uh, Adam? I'm on Twitter as uh, at bedsit underscore cinema. Fantastic.
4: Uh, Doug, where can we find you? <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> my writing you can find uh, on the Jam Report, which is thejamreport.com, and also at Filmotomy, and on Twitter it's it's Doug Jam.
4: And are you on Tomatoes verified?
2: I am on Tomatoes verified. There you go. So all my reviews are all on there. as well. So-
4: Thank you all for joining me. It's been funny, apart from the middle bit about the suicides, but other
2: than that, (laughs) (laughs) apologies.
4: No, no it's okay. Um, We got a bit of a balance. I think we had a bit of light and shade. Yeah, Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about the Oscars again and other scandals when the awards season kicks off.
1: What would you do with the brain if you had one?